0: Hey, everybody, this is episode four of Artist Soapbox. Brought to you by the Soapboxers, patrons of Artist Soapbox on patreon.com. Hello, and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring artists from the Triangle region of North Carolina talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am Tamara Kassane. Today, I'm speaking with Durham-based Jo Rose, a performing and performance artist whose talents include acting, singing, aerial and modern dance, writing, visual art, and burlesque. She is a creative force, and she wants to be an astronaut. Today, we will be delving into Jo Rose's very intriguing experience as a burlesque performer, what inspires her original work, the local landscape, and what's on the horizon. Hello, my friend.
1: Hello, darling.
0: I'm so happy to see you. It's been so long. You and I were in a play together earlier this year at Man Bites Dog Theater in Durham called Bright Half-Life. And that's how we started to work together. It was a wonderful experience for me, filled with wonderful people, Jules and Lauren and Sonia and Jenny and Kyle and, of course, you. And then we spent every night working together for weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't seen you since then. Mm-hmm. So. I was looking at your website and I think I counted 18 events that you've performed in since then, which was just earlier this year, which is insane, and a good majority of them have been burlesque shows. Is this a shift for you
1: in terms of focus? It's not quite a shift in focus. Uh, In 2014 I was in what I thought was it was very very small but dream role because it was a brand new musical and so I got to kind of create the character this one line and the way that she walked around whether or not the the musical went anywhere it was in the fringe festival Um, that's what I wanted to do I wanted to originate, originate characters in big shows and I did that and I realized that didn't fulfill me. So I wanted to start creating. I didn't want to tell someone else's story, even if I was telling it, helping to tell it for the first time. I wanted to start telling my own. So I started writing at that point and I had kind of fallen into the burlesque community in Los Angeles. So opening up doors in North Carolina, which kind of once one opens, all of the rest of them start to glow. I have not moved focus from theater. But that's what's opened up and allowed me to kind of create lots of different short stories that, you know, I get to choose the music and design the costume It's Mm -hmm. telling a little bit of my story. So the focus is still on that. This is just my new outlet for now.
0: Mm -hmm. It seems like there are a lot lot of back and forth online about how do you define burlesque and people have emotion and opinion Mm -hmm. around this. So people who are listening can go online and look at that stuff, and I can provide some links um, in the show notes. But for you, mm-hmm. how do you
1: define burlesque? I guess it's how I see it. I'm so still so new to the community that it would be hard for me to define, but I do notice kind of, well, kind of two and a half um, different versions of burlesque. Well, and then within those communities, lots of different ones too. So mainly there's burlesque that's kind of the opposite. Having, I, cause I was an exotic dancer for a little while and I have been a burlesque dancer for much longer. It feels to me like exotic dancing is more for the client, for the paying clientele. And burlesque is more ownership of your sexuality. So the first part of burlesque that I stepped into was, this is what I look like. I've learned to celebrate myself. I'm not hiding, even down to just wearing pasties, like not even just wearing a tight dress. I'm gonna get naked for you. I'm gonna feel great about it. I'm gonna choose my music and dance around. And you're like, they're gonna clap. They're gonna love you. So I think there's that. And then there's burlesque that's more typically professional like a professional theater. Um, so there's a lot more rehearsal that goes into the pieces and the costumes can be hundreds of dollars like for example gin house burlesque uh, proud cabaret those are like burlesque houses that this is what people do they really do get paid this is their gig versus kind of self-expression and those shows are wonderful too the self-expression shows I've been in several in in Raleigh mainly I'm based Um, I've been in several in Virginia um, and those are fantastic shows, but that's pretty much like side gigs for those performers instead of main gigs. And I mean, even a main gig for a performer is hit or miss. But, and then out of that, there's also people who travel. So like, um, Geez Louise is a performer of color who's in uh, Europe right now. Um, Poison Ivory tours all over the United States. There are people who tour like in the old days it would have been kind of like a sideshow but you know you book yourself and you are the main event for They're a profe- lot of are professional
0: yeah. artists yeah and and they make their money mm-hmm. doing
1: this work around the around the country and it's dope I mean I've seen a, I've been lucky enough to see a lot of these performers in in real life and they're brilliant on stage they're electrifying um and then within that you have the categories of like nerdlesque, and then that's less sparkle and glitz and jazz music and like rock and themes, lots of different props and things that people use. And that's kind of what I like to do because I'm admittedly not so great at the tease part of it. I'm like, and now this is off and now let me go do something over here and now take the bottoms off and look at what's underneath, you know? And some women are really, really great at just Pulling a sleeve down and then pulling it back up and people go wild and they can make that go on for 45 seconds And you're (laughs) on the edge of your seat when is she gonna take this off? She's probably never gonna take this off. Oh my god I'll never see her arm and I would consider that more classic burlesque. So and then yeah, you get into a lot of What is it and what isn't it? I stay out of those party lines because most of the time I'm like I don't feel like wearing shoes and for a long time, I refused to wear pasties just because I was like naked boobs or broad boobs. The pasties like pay attention to my boob, but then it's not propped and <laughs> set forward. So it freaked me out, but I, I got over that. So now I do pasties. <laughs> I, I really I rarely do much with my hair. I really don't like doing makeup unless like, um, what was it, Sunday night I did, Josephine Baker and anytime I do Josephine Baker I try to do her face Mm -hmm. and if I do Storm then I put on a gray wig but other than that like you're gonna get me and that's why I've kind of balanced in between as since I have been a performer for so long I veer that way but then as far as I'm gonna show up exactly how I'm comfortable I hope you love it Mm. but if not I love it. So tell us
0: you've given us a couple of Uh, crumbs here, but tell us a little bit more about an an act
1: that you have created. My favorite act that I've worked on recently was actually for Circus Spark because where I'm going now and with the direction of my aerial and burlesque and acting singing is um, telling stories of liberation, being free in the world, so my favorite recent performance was for Circus Spark, and I mixed Wax Taylor's Que Sera Sera with Kanye West's Father Stretch My Hands. And I had on a, um, like a copper colored leotard, and I had sewn some dark blue and gold star fabric on it. And I hid a torch inside of it. I think it was the Buddha, maybe Gandhi, said, whatever you do doesn't matter. But you have to do it anyway. So, Kesarasara was kind of like moving into forms and then relaxing into them for about two minutes. And then there was kind of a release at the end, and I came back down to the ground. And once Kanye West started, it was more about the feeling of liberation kind of once you have given in, but not so much so that you give up. Mm. You just, you fight, and you know that that's what you've done, and you're okay with that and then you have a self-appointed freedom. So that's kind of really the stories that I wanna tell. I wanna corner the, mar- the market um, of using hip hop, especially local hip hop, um, in aerial numbers and burlesque numbers. So that was my proudest mom- moment, but my most popular, I think, was Josuke Hikashigata. It's from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and He's, I, I was doing it for uh, an amazement in Raleigh, and his favorite artist is Prince. And so I got to kind of dress up as Prince in this anime, cause I didn't know anything about anime, but I wanted to do it justice. So his name is Jojo, well his nickname is Jojo. So that worked for me. I got to wear purple. I got to kind of bring up Prince. I did a little bit of research. His superpower is he destroys people, but then he fixes them immediately. So then they freak out and run away. But the only thing you can really piss him off for is talking about his hair. And I felt like (laughs) Prince's hair, like there's always the struggle with like I never want to do anything to my hair. Um, I just want it to be because it's just hair like so the fact that he cared so much and he did so much to his hair for somebody to talk about your stupid hair so that was a part of the piece and people really love that i would kick stuff over and then pull it back together and it was an anime show and i did amine which i'm not sure if our listeners are familiar with the song from earlier this year it's called caroline it's hilarious it's a great song um and that's a hip-hop artist i think he's based out of new york it might be la though but it's just a fun song. So I got to like throw in some screams and kicking things over and then back to this really smooth character. So those two were probably my favorite this year.
0: And how do you find inspiration for your work? I mean, do you, do you start with a piece and then try and find a home for that? Like a, a venue or um, some sort of festival or do you start with the event and say, I have to build a piece for this specific event?
1: Most of the time, it's event, then piece. There have been two that I got to use this year that I had been waiting on using, which was Missy Elliott, I Can't Stand the Rain as Storm for an anime show or a cosplay show. And also, um, Kesa well, no. Yeah, I had been wanting to use it. I used it differently than I thought I was going to. And then there's a remix of Drunk in Love that I got to use for a festival that was they just said I could do Lyra and I was like This would be really cool on the Lyra so it's a little bit of a mix I have a couple things in my back pocket I still want to do but most of the time it's somebody posts like Especially anime then I have to do my research or cosplay like okay what can I pull off that Hopefully other people aren't going to submit a lot of
0: I didn't realize that that you were working with cosplay and anime that that's another community it sounds like in addition to the other kind of burlesque community that you can expand your work into so I'm a parent, right and I can't ever go to anything uh... <laughs> I can, I'm in bed at like nine o'clock, so my world is a little bit small, so this is an opportunity for me to hear about what's going on mm-hmm. in in the Triangle, in the South. What does the community look like around here? Because you're you're prim- primarily a soloist, but you obviously are working in community. So mm-hmm. what, does that, what does that look like?
1: So um, anime and cosplay usually will be a part of the cons. They're, I don't know where they came from. Uh, my friends started doing Comic Cons in, maybe 2014, and I think she went to like C2E2 in Chicago, and then there's like Dragon Con in um, Atlanta. And then all of a sudden every city had one. So Durham has one in, in November, Raleigh has several in the summer, Animazement is one, Raleigh Supercon is another. I'm sure there's one like in Charlotte, and Wilmington. So people just, I guess you could say like mi- millennial plus 10 years on either side want to get dressed up. They, we don't want to wait until Halloween to get dressed up. We want to be our favorite characters, so people will either, there, there's people who just save their Halloween costumes and show up as Sailor Moon, and then there are people who put hundreds of dollars into these costumes. Um, and they come to the cons, and there's usually pe- like writers, um, people who are just fans that put together Harry Potter, you know the fan fiction so communities of that and they usually throw burlesque in somewhere so if you're doing a con you're going to be doing nerdlesque and nerdlesque again has a lot of different variations but mainly you're going to see it at comic con and it's picking characters from um, anime or i I mean again i did um, storm twice just characters that you can dress up as and then make them sexy make them sexy take their clothes off something like that <laughs> but it is fun uh, yeah it, there's just there's tons of it every time I get online cuz I do make my own costumes I get online and I'm looking at these people's costumes and I was like well I don't have to feel bad that mine don't look that cool cuz they're never getting out of that costume they need five people to get them <laughs> out of all of that but yeah there's there's always stuff going on around here this is
0: a terrifying idea to me like doing Uh, a burlesque routine or a nerdlesque routine or any kind of routine that you're talking about is utterly terrifying to me and I would need to receive some extraordinary number of dollars in order to do it and then I'm not even I'm not even sure if I would so how are you doing this like how are you getting up and showing up as yourself as your full self and your full body in front of people like Taught, I mean, I realize it's part of part of your story of liberation, right? It's mm-hmm. it's another track of that. But how how are you doing this?
1: Uh, well, I think for me, I always felt like we were taught to cover ourselves for no reason. Like when I was eight years old, I was trying to have my mom make me little halter tops, and she did my to my father's detestation, if that's a word. <laughs> but um, so I always liked. Being naked, er, and people would say that it's because I wanted wanted attention. I'm not. I can't argue with them because I'm not sure. Like that's a lot for me to even believe that I exist. Um, but I've always been more comfortable in less clothes and being. I've been a theater kid and in chorus since I was eight years old. So I've always been at least backstage having to change in front of people, being comfortable being naked in front of people or on the sidelines because you have to change your full costume and get back on the stage. Um, so that makes you a little less shy. And then I think that, again, these crowds, they just support you. Anytime you take something off, you have people cheering for you. Sometimes when I add Ariel, they'll people will come up to me later and be like, oh my God, we kept forgetting to cheer for you because we were watching you so hard. And that's even something for me to learn because I kind of tune everything out. I've learned now to hear the crowd cheering for me. For a long time, I didn't. And then I'd be like, oh, well, thank you for telling me because I guess that would have upset me you're cheering for everyone else and not me. (laughs) That is really shallow. Forgive me, guys. (laughs) Uh, But um, yeah, so when you have a community of people, and a lot of women will take the classes first, and you'll get a couple of tricks. And if you only want to get down, like my original burlesque group, um, which was Fanny Sinclair out in Los, Los Angeles, we would have themes, and she would write a story and a track list for us. And then you had a costume, and you would only take one thing off, each number. So you got very com- there are ways to get very comfortable with the idea of it before you're in front of a crowd. And you have women who are backstage with you, and honestly, we're all a train wreck. Like we're so supportive of each other, but we're always like, oh my God, I forgot my stockings or my pasties aren't sticking on. So we all have that fall apart moment. and then we're all, like especially when I do things at legends, uh, with creativity out, out of context and Nirvana, um, I'd perform with Riot Kittens, um, Succubus already, Uh We're all standing on the cor- in the corner, like watching each other and coming backstage, like, oh my God, that was so good, you're so good. You know, so, and that's a good feeling because we do live in a celebrity age, I feel like probably since the 50s. So everyone wants their time in the sun. And if it's just five people in a crowd, but you have performers who want to see you and want to support you and want you to feel good. It makes it a lot easier. And all of a sudden, you're doing 18 shows in a row. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I have to, did I... did I forget to take something off? Why do I feel so clothed? I just got off stage. Yeah, so it's a process.
0: You're talking about the crowd cheering. And when I watch these things, I also feel like cheering. But what do you think they're cheering for? Like, what is that? What is that relationship between performer and audience? What are
1: people supporting? I think it's 50-50. A lot of people really love the reveal. They love naked girls. And a lot of people are supporting that liberation of that woman saying, this is me. This is what you're dealing with today. This is something that I put together myself. No one can claim. I mean, you can buy your costume pieces from somewhere. I am a victim of Amazon. I get like a box every day. but it's both that you're up there doing your thing and people want you to be free in that, and also naked girls. <laughs> <laughs> naked girls. Every once in a while, we have boy laskers too. Shout out to the boy laskers. But. but it seems like an empowering experience yeah. for you
0: as a, as a performer. So I would not find it an empowering experience. Maybe, I, clearly, I need to get over some things. I'm finding all these things I need to get over um, through, the, through these conversations with folks. But, for you and for other performers, it feels empowering, mm-hmm. and um, and I love that. I love the strength that you find in your body and in and I and I feel like based on the research that I've done that that burlesque has cracked open. So there are a lot of other body types mm-hmm. now, and men, and you know a a, why, a much more diverse spectrum of people who are coming up and saying as you said, like, hey, this is me, and mm-hmm. I will celebrate that fact, and let's mm-hmm. all, like,
1: cheer together. And, and it's supposed to be a silly art. There's a lot of people who work through trauma on stage. Um, I've seen a performer who, I think she lost her friend to suicide last year, and so she's still working through that, and she put that on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of gender crossover, but I always do it from pretty a sillier point of view. Um, I've seen one of the women who regularly sings for the shows at Legends just did her first burlesque like reveal, and that was huge for her. She felt so good about it. So, yeah, it's it's really a mix. Teach, see, that's what is is running in my head for like whenever you are ready to.
0: Not
1: me, no. But I can can one-on-one lesson. Yeah, one-on-one (laughs) lesson. It might just mirror. be for you only. And then I'd be like, I did it. So, But other people could totally get into this. Yeah. I want to give them away for free because I love this art. And I think that everyone, whether or not you fall in love with it and you want to become a burlesque dancer, I think that everyone should give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very much because of who I am as a burlesque dancer. I mean, if you really want to learn the art of the tease, my class wouldn't be where you want to be. But if you just want to find that that you love about yourself when you look in a mirror, that's what I want to teach. Like, let's find you and mm-hmm. start from there. And then if you want to add, if you want to get really good at the tease or if you fall, fall in love with just nerdlesque or you want to take it into Ariel or, you know, whatever, I, I really, I do offer pole classes and lyric classes just because I don't think we know how wonderful we are. And getting into a knee hang or being able to spin around the pole one time, or being able to get down to pasties just for you and your mirror at night and have, okay, this is what she said, and this is what you know, my body kind of naturally does. And then maybe in class we just work on those movements, but then you go home and you put some pasties on and you put your nightgown on and you get down to your pasties and you're like, holy shit, I didn't even know that I was that hot, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's what I, I would love to give to the world.
0: I love that. That makes me feel like my heart is full. Um, And and we were talking before we started about um, some classes that you're taking at Triangle Circus Arts. And I want to hear more about that and how that fits into your future
1: plans. Yes. So um, right now I take, I do unlimited classes there. So I like try to train my body to get the strength back. And um, I take Lyra and Silks. They have tons of classes. They have hand balancing, tumbling, um, juggling classes, and then you know just getting in, in shape, trapeze. Um, I think they have sear wheel, which is like a hula hoop that you stand in and spin around in, which is cool, but a little too terrifying for me. Um, I've been taking classes there consistently for about two months, and that's why I was able to perform in Circus Spark, and they are the there are a couple aerial classes at i think it's the triangle ballet school that's across from dsa but this is the only circus specific um, institution in durham which i love because i'm a durhamite and carrie who runs it is amazing so um, i definitely recommend if anyone is in the durham area and wants to take a circus class just to see if you like it again you'd be surprised at the cool things you can do But you're also trying to leverage
0: this training so that you can then help people tell stories.
1: Through movement. Movement. Yeah. All right. Talk a little bit about that. Um, Once I, because you, you asked if I taught there as well, and I'm still kind of at the beginning of my aerial. I'm lucky that I can fake it till I make it. So I make it look like I've been doing it a little longer than I have. But what I would like to do, because what I feel like is missing in circus frequently without... The glitz and the glamour of a Cirque du Soleil stage is the storyline. So it's beautiful tricks and people who can do amazing things with their body. But if I'm watching a love story, or if I'm watching a little child lost, or if I'm watching um, a murder mystery, the movement isn't really lending to the story. So then you have to come in between and say, well, this is still what's going on. And I'm like, okay, well, you're kind of telling a story over here and I'm watching the art over here. So what I would really like to do is help people start to marry that together, which I think I have a little bit of um, an advantage on because I did so much musical theater and that's all about, okay, what's the line? What's the paraphrase? What's the subtext? How do you apply this line to your real life with your as if? So if I can figure out a way to do that with movement, I feel like there would be a little more talking with the audience in those performances.
0: I love this idea of marrying story into movement, especially for those of us who are less in our bodies. I mean, I think that we have that potential. We all have that potential to use our bodies to tell a story. And in fact, we actually do that mm-hmm. in our daily life. Like you can, I can walk into a space and you know how I'm showing up mm-hmm. because of my the way I'm carrying myself physically. Um, but I think somehow we've detached from our body, we think we're just brains, sort of yeah. walking around, and it's so helpful to have folks like you uh, remind us that we are physical beings. That our physical beings support our stories, and in fact, the if we are kind to our bodies, um, then that can help us change our perception mm-hmm. of the world that we, you know, inhabit. So I love, I love this idea, and um, I hope lots of people contact you and pay you lots of money to, <laughs> yeah. to help them be free and tell their stories. And
1: I think that for me, I've been very lucky. I still love to sing and I do still love to act. Um, but I feel like the training that it requires to be a healthy circus artist at whatever level you're at makes you so much more aware of where you are, that you that you are in space and where you are in space. And you know, if you get tangled in an apparatus, You got to figure out how to get out, that's not, that's you being one with your apparatus and one with your body and one with how you're going to get out of it without freaking out in front of your audience, like, so I really believe in circus and also burlesque because that is a reclamation for me of your space and like at at the planetarium right now, their hashtag is take up space Mm -hmm. and I feel like these are two arts, one, that you recognize your space and two, that you take it, so. Yeah, I got lucky. That's all I can say. (laughs) Lucky how? (laughs) To have found these arts. Yeah. I want to know what's next for you. What's coming up? um, This week, I do a lot of work with other artists. Uh, I actually just started a nonprofit. It's called Grace Over Entropy. And um, so I work with artists who don't typically perform to add a performative aspect to what they do. So I work with a plating artist, Steve McRae, Cyrus Saloon, who will be doing... um, an introduction for an event at Durham Arts Council on Friday, and me and my guitarist Ashesh will be performing after he plates, so he takes fresh food and makes canvas that then everyone eats off of the canvas, and then what's left over the smears that everyone has left um, become the permanent art piece. So we'll be doing that on Friday, and then Friday night I'm performing at the bar for Pride. I'll be doing a print set with a little bit of Ariel, Probably some sword dancing. Bear with me, I'm new with that. (laughs) And um, then after that, I'll be doing Fight Like a Girl, which is um, a burlesque benefit for the Durham Crisis Center and that will be at Legends in Raleigh. How do people find out about all of the stuff they're doing? I have a website, johannaroseburwell.com. I developed the website before I kind of switched over to Joe Rose, but um, she's who's featured in most of it. Uh, So yeah, all of my upcoming performances are there. I'll be out of, out of the world for a second in November, but then once I get back, I'm really looking to start classes and performance opportunities, especially more in Durham for people who need to discover themselves or want to discover themselves. Some of us are like, nope, I can hide. Yeah. <laughs> I only have like 65 years, I can hide. But if you want to discover yourself and share that with others. Um, that will start to be on the website too for you to sign up for classes. And
0: You mentioned that you developed your website before you started Joe Rose. Mm-hmm. Is Joe Rose your persona? Yes. For performing?
1: And I'm making it money because I started being billed as Joe Rose so then people started recognizing me in the street as Joe Rose so then I just started going by her but she used to be like Johanna would make the money and pay the bills and go to rehearsal and then Johanna would freak out and get mouth right before she went on stage. So I, well, my friends in New York City um, started calling me Joe Rose a long time ago. And I was like, well, let's just let Joe Rose come out and play. Mm-hmm. And that kept me from being nervous on stage. But now I'm her all the time. So, but I guess that's good. Like, I'm always talking about facing your fears. So now I'm having to integrate my freest self into my normal self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you're both. Yes. Yes. A ball of nerves and a ball of freedom, all at the same time.
0: Yes, the human, ex- <laughs> the human experience. Now does, so grace over entropy is the tagline on your website. Mm-hmm. I actually had to look up entropy because I forgot what it meant. So for those of you who don't know, from vocabulary.com I retrieved this text. The idea of entropy comes from a principle of thermodynamics dealing with energy. It usually refers to the idea that everything in the universe eventually moves from order to disorder, and entropy is the measurement of that change. A common example of entropy is that of ice melting into water. The resulting change from formed to free, from ordered to disordered, increases the entropy. So talk about how you came to this phrase, grace over entropy, what it means to you.
1: Well, that part of that last line, formed to free, is, what i'm finding for myself this is what we were told to be and that's not all there is so from that form keeping at least awareness of it but letting go of what is unnecessary Um, grace over entropy is because everything always falls apart so if you expect that if you always expect the worst then you can coast on top of it. You can move with grace on top of it because that's gonna happen. But you can still be brilliant. Like I did the, um, the Black Ops, Black Magic show last year and the music got lost. So I, had to, I was doing Prince on the Pole, it was my very first pole performance um, in, in that situation as you know a performance artist. Um, so I was doing oh, Let's Go Crazy and the music kept stopping. I had to restart this number on the pole four times, and then the music completely dropped out and the crowd sang with me. And then at the end, it was supposed to switch back to Purple Rain, so I'm sta- I'm on the pole, I'm holding myself up, and everyone's like guitar riffing it out with their vo- with their vocals, and I'm like, okay everyone, now I want you to sing the very last line of Purple Rain. And it was brilliant, like to have so many people interact and to go from like people not really, coming to see me to supporting like, no, we're gonna make sure this happens for you. We're gonna sing whatever you need us to sing and love it, you know? So that is the grace over the entropy that's gonna always happen. And I actually got it from Prince. There was an interview in 1998, 1998, no 1999. So he was supposed to be retiring 1999. He was gonna perform it for a new Year's celebration and he talked about how everything goes to entropy when we're obsessed with being human. And when we connect ourselves back to the spiritual, we move in grace. Mm. And it really encouraging people to kind of step away from what you're worrying about, because that's always gonna be there, especially if we continue to worry about it, we accidentally create more of it. But if you step back into the spiritual part of existence, The part that we can't explain, which means that we've got to be here for something bigger than paying bills and dying. Like that's when you can move with grace. Mm. So I completely stole it from Prince and that's fitting because I love Prince. And I'm not the best Prince fan. I don't know all his music. I don't own all his music. But just a little humble brag, I have been to his house and recorded in his studio. And um, what? yeah, I went this summer. I was so cool. And I paid my little hundred dollars and he probably wouldn't have wanted it that way. But I got to see Prince's house. Um, I do. I love Prince. I love how he always was fighting. He was fighting for the right to be. He was fighting for the right to be. Um, and we allowed the media to, to demonize him and make a joke out of him turning himself into into a symbol. But he paved the way for like. Chance the Rapper for people to own their content and be brave enough to say, I'm not gonna sell this to you for what? You're gonna make so much more money off of it than what you're offering me. And uh, one of the things that I remember the tour guide pointed out was when people would come to Prince's house and see all the medals and everything, Grammys, he'd be like, oh, those are just numbers. You know, like I'm doing what I love all the time and making a way for other people to do the same. So, and that's what I attach to. That's why I love Prince. I
0: know that he's one of your inspirations for the the work that you put out there in the world. And um, Josephine Baker is another. Is that right? Talk about talk about the love for
1: her. Yes, I've also been to her house. Like wow. I like, like crashing people's houses.
0: Apparently. <laughs> well,
1: you're just a traveler. I know you have that traveling spirit. Um, she was also someone and I was rewatching because every time I do a number as Josephine Baker, I like to watch footage of her again, just because that's a far away place for me. Folly um, Berger, being in France, being that loved as a woman of color, the first black superstar, so, um, and I was reminded that very much like her, she she would sign contracts and be like, okay, well, if I break this contract, I break this contract. Like, this contract is only controlling me for your benefit, you know, mm-hmm. so she was in a contract that, with Farley Berger and then she had an opportunity to go to Berlin and so she just walked out on it. I mean, you can, anybody can be replaced. Mm-hmm. Everybody can be replaced. Me breaking this contract, you'll be a little annoying. There's your entropy, you're welcome. You can dance gracefully on top of it. Um, but <laughs> I'm she gonna was just- i start saying that to people. <laughs> There's your entropy,
0: dance gracefully on top of it. That is you should,
1: please. Let's make that a thing, guys. <laughs> um, so she was just, she was also so free and that came from her running, which I identify with, from America, so that she could be celebrated. And then she was. And she wasn't ever the best. At, she would learn a skill, but she wasn't really a rehearser. Um, and she was so loved. And then she helped with the resistance. like She adopted the rainbow tribe to try to help prove that everyone could live together happily. And of course, everyone turns their back on the hero in the end. Everyone. Um, becomes the dark night but uh, she she was brilliant she was brilliant and she sang and she danced and she lived life free Mm -hmm. and so and of course um, when you go to my website you may notice I kind of look like both of them yes I was gonna say so
0: and like it was gonna be some sort of revelation to you I was gonna I was gonna say like Joe Rose do you know that you look like Prince and (laughs) And Josephine Josephine Baker? Baker you do it is remarkable and radiant and I I mean They are beautiful, and you are beautiful, and it's like you you all share some special, I don't know, spark. You look like them physically, but it's your energy resembles them as well. It's remarkable. I got really lucky.
1: That's all I can say. I just found Purple Rain for $5 at Walmart yesterday, and I'm like, okay, this is a sign. Yeah. I did a g- another great Josephine Baker performance. Now I'm gonna watch Purple Rain until it doesn't play anymore. That was like in my car when I was in high school until it didn't play anymore. And I found this new, I ordered, I, and as a connection between all of us, um, rainbow children was Josephine Baker's clan and Prince has an album, Rainbow Children. So I ordered that, but it is coming from Brazil. So who knows, it may have been a scam. <laughs> it's <laughs> it all connected. A
0: <laughs> well, I wanna thank you much for talking with me today. I will put your website and lots of goodies in the show notes for this episode and I wish you all the most wonderful things. It was so easy to be on stage with you and be in love with you on stage and I just love your spirit and the way that you make work in the world. So thank you for being you and for being here. I also wanted to put out a special thanks to Shadowbox Studio in Durham, North Carolina, where we are recording today. Check out their website, shadowboxstudio.org. For information about today's episode and more, go to artistsoapbox.org. And we are out.